Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This episode is brought to you by Practical Prepping for Everyday People, a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Well, good evening. It's good to have you with us today. You know, we don't say it enough, but we really appreciate you being with us, you taking your time and listening to the podcast and the feedback that we've gotten from some of you. And we certainly appreciate those of you that have supported the podcast by either buying us a cup of coffee or even ordering one of our books. We certainly appreciate that, and we just want to tell you that whether you're in the United States or whether you are in another country, we hope that you are able to get something from this podcast that will help you in your prepper journey. Now, let's talk about something today that we can all do a little bit better with, and that's having a positive mental attitude as well as having a survival mindset. A positive mental attitude will not allow you to do anything but it will let you do everything better than a negative attitude will. And that's from Zig Ziglar. Napoleon Hill says, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Earl Nightingale says, we become what we think about. We all know people who are so negative that we often hate to see them coming. We also know people who are so positive, to quote Zig Ziglar again, They would go after Moby Dick and take the tartar sauce with them. Let's break this down and then we'll put it back together again with some things that we can do to help us in survival situations. In such a time when we need to use our preps or put our emergency plans into action, the stresses mount up. Stress can impede our performance in areas of memory, decision-making, multitasking, as well as increase our fatigue. There are two basic types of stress, chronic stress and acute stress. Now, chronic stress is that stress we face on a repeated basis. It builds up over time and it has long-term health effects. This is the stress that causes high blood pressure, causes ulcers, and can adversely affect our relationships. For chronic stress, we should practice stress management techniques, and there are many books have been written on the subject. There are any number of podcasts and online resources to help you deal with chronic stress, and in normal times, we can walk, exercise, take breaks, as well as do deep breathing and stretching exercises, but in an SHTF situation, we'll have to find ways to deal with chronic stress because our routines will be upset. We may be in a setting where uh, we can't take that time. It's not safe to be out doing the things that we normally do. So we need to look for other ways that we can do that. Now, acute stress is not necessarily a bad thing. This is the stress that can trigger our fight-or-flight response. For example, we look down and there's a snake right in front of us. In this case, acute stress causes to move, move quickly, maybe make interesting sounds and use words that are honestly not suitable for Sunday school. This is the stress we experience when we perceive a threat, whether it's an attacker, a robber, 
or even coming up on an injured person. Acute stress in certain situations can cause people to freeze up not knowing what to do, or some people just freak out. Acute stress can lead to tunnel vision, such as focusing on a person or a weapon or a situation. It can cause auditory exclusion, where the hearing changes. This is why some people hear only little pops or no sound at all when they're firing guns in a defensive situation. Some people report having senses become intensified hearing even the smallest sounds. Acute stress can also cause the perception of time to slow down. It's like being inside a slow motion scene. It's also the stress that has allowed a person to have the superhuman strength and single-handedly lift a car off of another person. In fact, we saw that with a police officer lifting a car off of a trapped person not long ago. So let's break down stress and what we can do and look at how we can deal with it. We're going to deal with these as chronic stress and acute stress. Now, chronic stress, if you'll search stress management, you'll find a lot of things you can do. But here's a few. One, remove the stress if possible. That might be people. Is someone in your life causing tremendous amounts of stress? Is there a way to distance yourself from that person? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe you can move your desk. Maybe you can do your job in a different area. Maybe you need to transfer to a different division. But if that stress is a person, can you remove that person? How about tasks? Can those tasks be delegated or hired out to someone else? When you find yourself in these stressful situations, just take some deep breaths. Take a break. Go for a walk. Even if it's get up to go to the restroom or to fill up your water bottle. Maybe stretch. Just move around. Listen to music. Listen to a podcast. One of the podcasts that I listen to that's very stress relieving is called Old Time Radio. Bob Bro plays radio programs out of the 40s and 50s. Even the old Gunsmoke. All types of old radio programs that are just enjoyable to listen to. And sometimes you have to pay attention and that takes your focus away from the rest of the stress in your life. Break down things into smaller tasks. They say, how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. Can you break tasks down into smaller tasks and focus just on that one task or one step at a time? You know, sometimes we need to, I know I've been guilty of this one myself, sometimes we need to count to 10 before we speak or before we respond. That gives us time to have our emotions in check. Anger doesn't come out as quickly. It gives us an opportunity to think through what we're going to say. Now, here's one that really helps, and I'm in the middle of right now, and that's taking a break from news and social media. We need to ignore certain things. And talking about social media, you know, there are times that we just need to scroll on by. We don't have to respond or comment on everything. We don't need to be feeding the trolls. There are folks that are on social media that their whole purpose there is to start an argument. No need to feed that argument. Just scroll on by. 
Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency. This book was written by Mark and Krista Lolly. I'm Krista and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown off, you find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies. And particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Krista Lolly, also making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection. We sure appreciate it. Another thing we can do is develop regular routines. Are you sleeping enough? Can you set a schedule for sleeping? Krista and I have recently made the decision that at a certain time of the night, we're going to put down whatever we're doing and we're going to bed. How about exercising? Now, you don't have to go to the gym necessarily. Now, that that's good. If that's your thing, go to the gym, work out, work that stress out, but also walking. How about just walking around the yard, walking around the block? Anything that you can do to do that, do something you enjoy. Now, believe it or not, for me, that's cutting the grass. I enjoy cutting the grass. couple of reasons. I focus on what I'm doing. I can't hear the telephone ring. So it's just a break for me to be able to get away from all of the other things that are going on in life. I also enjoy woodworking. I enjoy ham radio. We enjoy traveling when we can. I do enjoy writing and podcasting. But what about for prepping? Prepping relieves stress and worry. When they're talking about the lights may go out in a particular storm, we're not that concerned about that. We have a plan. We have things in place that we can deal with a power outage. They talk about a snow, which is relatively rare here in the south. We might get a dusting here or there. But if we did get snowed in for a few days, it wouldn't affect us tremendously. We have food. We have water. We have power options. We have things that we can do. We're not stressed. We're not running around. We're not running to the grocery store and competing with all the other folks trying to buy milk and bread when they mention the S word in the forecast. Now, you folks up north and you folks in some other countries don't understand that. You're accustomed to driving in 8, 10, 12 inches of snow, some of you even more. Down here, 4 inches of snow shuts the entire south down. We're not equipped to handle it. And when they mention snow, everybody heads to the grocery store. Get bread and milk. 
I don't know what you're going to do with all those bread and milk sandwiches, but a good prepper just sits back and lets all those folks go and do what they want to do. We're prepared. We're ready. Now, here's a saying that my dad taught me many, many years ago, and it helps in prepping. It helps with a lot of other areas of life, and that is make a plan and work your plan. That relieves the stresses that come with issues. If we've thought through an issue and we've dealt with that issue in our mind ahead of time, we're more prepared to do that. We've done that with systematic storage of food and water and supplies. And as I mentioned a minute ago, that avoids the panic buying and the shortages. We didn't have to go to the store and try to buy toilet tissue with all the other folks that were scrambling to try to find toilet tissue. We had a supply here. Now, we don't have years worth, but we had plenty to get through the pandemic of COVID through the shutdowns, and we didn't have to worry about that because we had a plan and we worked our plan. Let's talk about acute stress here for a minute. Now, one of the things that we can do is we can actually train to handle acute stress. Now, here's one of the things that Trust me, puts a lot of stress on you when you're in this situation, but if you've trained for it, you just motor memory and you go to do what you need to do, and that's learning CPR. I don't know, and most of you know my background, I'm in law enforcement, and I was a paramedic for 19 years. I have absolutely no idea how many times I've done CPR on an actual person. Sometimes we won that game, sometimes we didn't, but we went through it. We had a plan. We knew what to do, and that takes the stress off of that. Another thing is take a first aid class. You can take a first aid class and know how to handle those minor injuries, and when I say minor, I'm not talking about gunshots and you know extreme trauma, but I'm talking about the day-to-day things that we can encounter Uh, cuts, bruises, broken bones, things like that. We can know how to handle those. And a good thing to do is to take a prepper medical class. Now, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy offer a tremendously good prepper medical class. And if you ever get an opportunity to take that, I recommend that you do. That will help you be prepared for a lot of the emergencies that we might face, even in a grid-down situation. Now, another one is Stop the Bleed. There's a Stop the Bleed class, and it's geared toward active shooters and things like that. But stopping bleeding is the same, regardless of how the blood began to leak out. It can be used at car wrecks. It can be used at home. I cut my finger today. It wasn't severe, but... I stopped it from bleeding and eventually just needed a Band-Aid. But what if it had been major? Would I have known what to do? Would you know what to do? Would you know what to do if you had a severe cut? How about a loved one? Would you know what to do? How about an active shooter situation? If you were found in that situation and you survived that, would you know how to help other people by stopping the bleeding? There's another real good one, and that's wilderness medicine. That's medicine when no help is coming. Some of us call it ditch medicine. It's what to do when you are your first responder. 
All right, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about firearms training. This is more than just your concealed carry weapons class and that's required for a permit. That's not actually training. That's more for liability on their part, but you need to find some training, not just shooting at the range. That's practice, not training. Invest in a training class with a professional instructor. Now, you can check the reviews. There are many, many, many good ones around the United States, and I'm sure there are in other countries that allow you to own weapons. But find a good instructor. Make that investment. It may cost five or $600 for a class with that instructor, but that may save your life or the life of a loved one. It will certainly prepare you to handle the stress if you're ever put in a defensive shooting situation. We have added a way for our listeners who would like to support the podcast to do so. We love our coffee. So you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep and buy us a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. Here's another one that's good for practice and training, and it, it it's rent what's rent time on what's called a FATS machine, a firearms training simulator. This is where you can get in a gunfight, and nobody's actually shooting back at you. You're looking at video. You're in a uh, situation where you're reacting as you would. And this is very, very realistic training, and it will make your palms sweat. It will make your heart rate go up, and it's a whole lot of fun. So if you have access or you can find a firearms training simulator, rent some time on that. Do some practice with that. It puts you into real-life scenarios that you might have to face at some point in time, but it is in a safe environment. Now, let's talk about those real-life scenarios. You know, we can visualize those scenarios. We're driving down the road. We're sitting in our car. We're waiting at a traffic light. We're waiting on somebody to come out of the store. We can visualize scenarios that we might find ourselves in. Now, this is done by race car drivers. It's done by Olympic athletes, and others do this as well. I've always enjoyed watching the bobsled drivers before they launch, and they're standing up there. Maybe it's not their run, or they're not next in line. You'll often see that driver with their eyes closed, and if you watch them, their head and body is moving back and forth. They're visualizing the track that they take into a certain curve. And when they get to that curve, they've been there many, many times. Some professional shooters do this as well visualizing each stage and each reload of their match. Some law enforcement officers do this, one, on the way to calls. You're given a call, this is the situation, so we're thinking through what the scenario might be, the scenario that we might find when we get there. Our mind plays those various options going in. We can also do this during downtime. I mentioned waiting in a parking lot waiting in line somewhere. We just visualize what we might find. And here's why visualization is so important. The mind does not know the difference between visualization 
and the actual doing of a thing. Most of you know that Krista, a professional musician, singer, songwriter, recording artist, and I have seen her rehearsing songs without ever making a sound. I look over and her fingers are moving and her lips are barely moving, but in her head she is rehearsing that song over and over. And as we have driven to places where she was going to perform, I have seen her do her entire concert silently as we travel. She says, just leave me alone for a few minutes. And she gets quiet and I look over, I can see her fingers moving, I can see her lips moving, and I know she's practicing as we go. She's visualizing that scenario. Now remember Napoleon Hill quote, Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. The idea here is that when we're faced with a situation, we've already been there. We've already seen the options, and we've already made decisions. Now, a survival mindset says, I'm ready. I will prevail. Whatever it takes, I'm coming out of this alive. Whether it's hunkering down or recovering from a tornado or being quarantined in a virus pandemic or facing a threat of violence, we need to have a mindset of survival. And a survival mindset is the prepper mindset. We decide ahead of time that we'll survive most any situation that we face and we will do whatever it takes to protect our family. So decide ahead of time what you'll do. Acknowledge that there'll be stress. Plan for that stress and plan a course of action. Question, what are you willing to do to save your family or to save your own life? Are you willing to turn others away when there's little food? Are you willing to take another's life? I met a lady one day, we were talking, and she said that she couldn't kill someone under any circumstances. And I simply asked her, I said, do you have children? And we talked through that for just a minute. What are you willing to do to protect your children? And I ran into her a couple of months later. And I actually did not recognize her the second time. And she came up and she said, you're the one that convinced me that I could kill someone. And it came down to she decided that she could do whatever was necessary to protect her teenage children. We decide ahead of time that we won't let the situation drag us down. We prepare, we train, we visualize scenarios so that when we get there, we're already prepared because in our minds, we've already been there. Find ways to relieve your stress and have some fun. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.